Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter at Clinton Bond. And I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. If you're new to Three In, Three Out, well, buckle up, buckaroo. This is the nooks and the crannies and the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. And we are coming in hot, Brandon, after a a smattering, a bashing, a demoralizing defeat. I don't care they didn't play their starters, Brandon, but we're coming in hot with a 27 to nothing victory over the San Diego. Wait, wait, the LA Chargers. Sorry, <laughs> dumb move by them. The LA Chargers. And we are storming now, storming into the regular season. Dare I say we're hot, we're on fire. Brandon, how you feeling out there in Montana today? I'm feeling good, yes. We won. The Seahawks got a win in the preseason, like you said. After those first two games, you just you just want to see a win. And not only did we get a win, we got a twenty-seven to zero shutout. It was lovely. It was bubbly. It was effervescent. It was all all the things you want in like a nice uh, I don't know, like a nice little soda pop, if you will. And and it was all that, and then and then some. So Brandon, I want to I want to just harken back to twenty twenty for a second. Three in, three out. You know, we always do three on the good side of the ledger, like the, the raging yang, three on the other side of the ledger, like the, the sober yin, that we're, we're not so hot. But in 2020, we invented a few more things because 2020 needed some, some extra love. What Do you remember the two things we brought in in 2020 for the listeners? Well, I remember one of them because it had to do with me, and that was sure. the brand in. <laughs> Correct. And the brand in as we go through the whole exercise, but you get you get to throw one back at me as your brand in. So so that's staying. Oh, and and you had a thing, too. Right. The the MVC, the most valuable cranny. Right. We 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 coined the cranny. Are we innovating? Are we doing more? Are we throwing more on the on the pile? Listen, of course, we still got from the flock. However, however, there's one little wrinkle that I think I'm going to add. I think I'm just going to do it. I thought about it all all day when I was watching this game on, on the playback yesterday. And it goes a little bit like this. When we pitch a shutout, it is a raging yang route. All in, no outs, <laughs> six plus the brand in plus whatever the hell we want to talk about. They don't deserve an out. It's an all in welcome in brand new three in three out. What do you think? You know what? You you've had some some ideas in the past. This might be your best one because in a shutout in a shutout victory, how do you go to the outs? How do you how do you even decide to pick an out? No, you flip that thing around. You turn it to an in. And yes, it's like turning that frown upside down. That's it. You turn, you, you get the whole pie. It's no longer this sober yin raging yang. You just, you get the whole darn thing. You don't got to split it with your kids. What do you want on that pie? Uh, disgusting. Why don't you grow up a little bit? Get out of the pepperoni stage. Get to some other toppings. And now you get to, now you get everything you want on the entire pie, Brandon. It's all ours. You still get the brand in. We're going to talk a lot of beautiful things that happen in this game. So I don't know. Uh, we do have one rule. What's the rule, Brandon? Well, the rule is when we win, we start with an in. I, I don't even know how to say it now when when we get a shutout win and we're just going to go six straight. Uh, yeah, but it's still the same darn thing. We still start with an in. Let's hit it. Brandon, since we put this thing in reverse, since we're going six plus the Brandon all ins, well, why don't we go to the last meaningful play, Seahawks play of the entire preseason and I am looking at the, the one with the gumption, the one with the, the big balls himself. We're looking at Michael Dixon. And that is some punt 
pornography that he threw out there for the last meaningful play of, of the entire preseason. What was it like? 67 yards in the air, something like that. 60 yards in the air, lot, you know, line drive punt. You're like, all right, this is just going to careen into the end zone. And it's okay. We won 27, nothing. Who cares? No, 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 Brandon. No, 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 the no, ball, no nose dives, bounces straight up in the air. And then who's the player who comes through to make a heck of a play right at, right at the goal line? I want to say it was Aaron Fuller. You want to say that because you're a smart man and that's exactly right. So that first in of this raging Yang route is going to be to Dixon and Fuller on that beautiful combo. Just because, you know what? We love our special teams. We love our nooks and crannies. And seeing that to end the end the preseason was more than the cherry on top. It was the cream, the hot fudge, the sprinkles, the, maybe the crushed nuts and the cherry for me. First in. Describing it as punch porn, it, uh, it because you know it when you see it. Holy smokes. That was the way to end the game. I don't think you could have described it any better. The fact that it was that he was standing on just about his own 30 yard line and having that go that far through the air and just stop and have it land on about the one or the half yard line. It it was, it was incredible. And if we can get more of that in the regular season, yes, please. And I think we will because he's done it for a couple of years in a row now, right? Dude, dude was an absolute snub last year. Should have been a pro bowler. That's why you pay for anyone asking Oh, right. what are they doing paying Michael Dixon all this money in the offseason? That's what you're paying for right there. You know, I got a little a little analogy or at least a metaphor or one of the one of these, maybe a parable. I don't know. I'm going to juxtapose this up there with a little fantasy football, you know, and to Dixon, it's like, well, why are you drafted a punter? Why are you paying a punter? Like you said, well, that's freaking why, because that that dude's one of maybe two or three guys in the world who could do what he just did there. So you pay the man his money. And then in the fantasy football realm, people are like, what are you doing drafting a kicker like, you know, before the last round? What are you doing? It's like, you know why? Because I value the freaking kicking game. So if I want to get Young Hui Koo with three rounds still to go, but get my number one guy, well, darn it, I'm going to get my number one guy because he's going to start every freaking week. And that's why we love special teams. M.B. Brandon. M.B. Michael Bolton. I celebrate the entire collection. Exactly. Greatest. One of the greatest singers of all time. The pleasure's on this side of the table. Trust, trust me. All right, I'll give, I'll give you one more. I like it. I'm going to give you one more chance. Uh, Marquise Blair. Marquise Blair for the win, for the win. And I, actually you, you won that twice. Cause come on, <laughs> we got to, we got to celebrate the Michael Bolton and it's, it's a amalgamation for me. So I'll just say it quickly and and toss it to you to give to give your feedback and for me it was like man oh man beautiful to see this kind of speed and intensity and ball hawkishness back on the field the dude was like prepping for this last year before he blew the knee out and that sucked and we missed him and it's again it's that peeling of the layers coming back to us where it's oh boy you start to put in our top tier guys with a talent like Blair first freaking play of the game they nudge him up to the line. He slices through and gets a tackle for a loss. And he did a lot more. I don't want to hog the mic here. I'm just going to say, MB, pass it to you. That's an in. What do you got? Well, he was the one who put the first points on the board. And it wasn't all him. It was Cody Barton being a big part of that when they both blitz on that play. And it was Blair that gets the attention of the guard uh, to, to give Cody Barton just a free run at the quarterback. 
and he absolutely has no time. Chase Daniel just trying to get rid of it. Barton hits his arm, and Blair doesn't even allow the ball to touch the ground. He picks it up out of the air and yes. runs it in. So, yeah, you don't have to go back and, and watch the the tape on, oh, was his arm going forward? Was it really a fumble? No, it doesn't matter if it was a fumble or an interception. Yeah. It ended up in the hands of Marquise Blair, and he's taking it in for a touchdown. It's one of those, you know, fumble sack interception touchdowns that no matter how you slice it. And the most famous one, I think, in Seahawks lore is I think it was Michael Bennett crushing Drew Brees on that Monday Night Football game back in the, was it 2013, 2014? And away he goes. It's that famous combination that we love so much. And for Blair, too, even the second drive, the second drive, they they bring him back. He kind of creeps in towards the line at the very last second. And he comes off the edge, confuses the heck of whoever the right tackle is. On, on the charges that was playing at that point. And it in that case, the right tackle picks him up. There's confusion at the line. And Alton is free. Robinson's free for a, a, a tackle for a loss in the second drive. So it is this, it's this speed and this tenacity. And Blair, I think, is a heck of a player. And again, we're talking about the last week was the peeling back of the Waldron scheme. I saw more this week of what I think Ken Norton wants to do this year. Now that he's got some more ballers. So I'm I'm Super bullish and happy to give that that second in to Blair. Since we are all in on the the best side of the ledger, the inside of the ledger, we're going six for six plus the brand in. This one's a nook and a cranny. We got cut down today. We got cuts. I am hoping this guy makes the team. A couple of weeks ago, we were saying, "Hey, what's up with Monet?" Like, all right, playing okay, you know, playing. Playing all right, but also getting blown off the line or, or really not pushing dudes back like it's a sled machine if it's the second and third stringers. However, we're watching this guy who's been kind of lining up, you know, nose tackle right over the center throughout the preseason. Every single time I turn around, the dude's in the backfield. The dude's chasing a quarterback. The dude is, is you know, taking on two dudes and our linebackers are cleaning up through a gap. Do you know who I'm going at here, Brandon? Who's this third end going towards? You already said Monet. No, not Monet, not <laughs> oh. Monet. It's, it's no, no. It's Monet was the dude. We're like, hmm. Can we can we do a little better here? It's a it's a guy behind the guy. Oh, I see. Really I was thinking that was going to Monet because he actually he turned things around in this game, and we saw him in the backfield. He did. Oh, he did play better. I agree. I, I'm I'm 100 in, and I realize Monet's making this team, but the dude behind him on the depth chart that I also hope makes a squad. Do you, do you got a goosey gander at this one? I mean, Jared Hewitt. No, not you. And I'll just, I'll give it to you. Some, sometimes, you know, sometimes you hit it out of the park with Michael Bolton and you know, sometimes just you miss. It's okay. Otani gave me a clue on that one. Yeah. I- <laughs> we're talking, we're talking Miles Adams. Oh, that dude, that guy, man, he was, he to me was like all over the place throughout the preseason. And the one thing I don't know is, can he do it if he wasn't in like the third quarter and the fourth quarter? We really only got to see him for the most part, like uh, this game, at least. Late in, you know, into the third quarter, he makes a beautiful play with about five minutes to go, just blows past his dude, stands guys up, tackle for a loss. Again, late Q4, he's part of one of the sacks. I'm not sure if he got a half sack or not, but he's blowing the center up. He's blowing his guy off the line and he's in the backfield again. So I I think he was number 67, I think, yeah. throughout the preseason. I really like what I saw from Miles Adams. It's it's still to me like, are they going to go get Geno Atkins? Are they just going to roll with you know, uh, with with Puna and Al Woods and his Monet on the bubble, do they bring three dudes in? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how Shakedown Street's going to happen today, 
I wish nothing but the best. I hope this guy makes the team. I really like what I saw from Miles Adams. I think he could play. When I when I compare him to the experience that Monet has with the team, man, I don't see him necessarily making it. But uh, I think Monet did enough in this last game to show me that, yes, he could still play. And, and I agree. I think Monet certainly played better. Certainly played better. But we didn't My, see any of Gimdichi. And that's that. So that could be the way for Adams to make this team. Do we really need two guys named Adams on the defense? No. Cut, cut him. Cut Kim Dietschy. You sign the former Bengals star, Geno Atkins. Yeah, but then we'd have two Genos. That's I'm a, just making sure you're okay with okay. that. You, 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 you yeah. go off for two. Yeah, you know, there's balance. There's balance here yet again. Um, I'm okay if that if that ends up being the plan or what's executed. Sign all day. You know, take take that take that veteran that he knows he knows what he's doing. Put him right next to Carlos Dunlap like he was for basically a decade over in a bad Cincinnati team and let him go right out under the, another year or two of his uh, of his really good career. And let's go get a chip with Gino. However, if that's not the plan, I got this sneaking suspicion that Adams is, might make this squad. And I'm OK. Ooh, but ooh, Clinton has a preseason crush. I do. I do. I'm <laughs> blushing. I'm blushing over here. But you got to earn the preseason crushes with me because I actually watch the games that I go back and I watch them again. So, you know, that's that's my guy. I, I, I want him to make it. By the time we end up uh, finishing wrapping this podcast, we're recording it on a Tuesday morning. Uh, more news might might come out like Cam Newton getting cut, which was just just dropped, of course. Okay, that's the third in. All right, well, let's get on to a break, and we will come back. We got three more ins and and a bonus in coming up after the break. Yeah, get that brand in. We are back, and we got we got more ins again. We had a we had an audible just in case you're just joining us because who doesn't just you know open up a podcast and go right to the middle you know because that's what everybody does right. And but if you are just joining us, you came back, you made a snack, and you put the earbuds away. Now now you're joining us again. We're doing the raging Yang route, the new rule for 2021. When we get a shutout, it's an all in raging Yang route. So. I got to talk a little bit about D. I almost have a two for one here. They will be separate. They will be separate. But the impact of D is already starting to show here. Listen, Brandon, you know, what was I pounding for? End of last year when our wide receiver three was still more. What was I pounding the table for in terms of our offense? Oh, you want the you want the guy who's quick and can be that slot type guy. I think you saw that in this game with Eskridge. He caught a pass down the field. He got a handoff and and ran it and nearly had 30 total yards on just two, essentially two uh, times where he got his hands on the football. And yeah, I, I have to imagine you got a raging gang because of it. That's exactly it. I mean, two for two there, right? A little Chuck Woolery style. Two two touches, 30 yards. That's a, that's a pretty good average, I, I must say. A really nice catch. If I had to, if I had to give an out, not gonna, but if I had to, it would go to Geno Smith, who, who played well, because on the catch by D. Eskridge, if he leads him in stride, I encourage anybody who's got the access to go back and watch that play. If D. Eskridge catches that in stride, it is a 67-yard touchdown to the house. He is not being touched. He had to leave his feet, go up in the air, Reach behind him a little bit. Still, by the way, a pretty good pass mm -hmm. to get it over the linebacker. So I'm not picking on Gino. However, if that's Russ, a little Russ touch, 
That is 67 yards to the house. Nobody is catching D. Eskridge on that play because the corner is way off with somebody else on the right-hand side, and he's already burnt his guy so bad, there is no help behind him. So, you know, a, a, a miniature, not real out to Gino, but bringing the love back to D., I just, this is, this is what this team, that next dimension dude, and it's not just what, you know, Hey, if he gets 40 or 50 receptions his rookie year and gets 12 carries, cool. Sign me up for six touchdowns in D Eskridge. It is his impact to the rest of the team. That's going to be even bigger. So huge in for D and the way Waldron is starting to show how he wanted to use him from jump street. One game in and Clinton's already throwing the ends at Eskridge. Man, I'm about to buy a jersey. Fourth in, Brandon. We're just we're rattling these three. Fifth in. Feel the, We've done yeah. four. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't count. Fifth in, Brandon. Fifth, like I said, fifth in. And we're rattling through them. We're fired up. Now, I just mentioned, you know, uh, just a tick ago about the idea that it's how not just the Eskridge with his plays, but what he's going to do for the offense. So I want to call out a particular play. It's late. It's late Q1, and Alex Collins gets a a nice carry, like nice nine yards up the gut. And the play was D. Eskridge coming in motion, the fake, you know, whatever whatever, whatever you want to call that, like jet sweep, wide sweep, whatever you call that particular, you know, that little, not the pop pass, but the actual handoff that they did previously. He went in motion. He goes in motion, goes right across, you know, right across Gino's hip there. He doesn't get the ball. But if you, again, go back and watch that play, I'm not sure who San Diego linebacker number 50 is. However, he's on the right-hand side of the, of the formation for San Diego. As Eskridge comes over and kind of crosses the, the, the event horizon there, you see the linebacker just take like a little bit of a sidestep to his left. He starts to get drawn a little bit that way. And then all of a sudden, boom, Collins got the ball. Fuller, who I know there's some question marks there, and we I, I hit up on him a little bit this year on the outside in preseason, but Fuller does a nice job, gets to the second level, pancakes his guy, and Collins is down for, for a nine-yard gain. I think it was first down. We're talking scheme, speed, and execution. Again, the Walter stuff just getting peeled off, and we're like, oh, there's another little wrinkle there. That's what D can do, and great job by Fuller to execute. And that's without, that's without even giving some love to Collins, who obviously did a nice job. But that's it for me, Brandon. That scheme starting to show up the impact of what speed does when you got a guy like D and you can start to put him in motion, a la the, the LA Rams. Wait, are you telling me that we're, we're five ins in and you aren't necessarily going to give an in to Alex Collins? Alex Collins, player of the game for the Seahawks? Well, this is three in, three out. We and like, we're doing when six you go, ins and you can't give one to Alex. I loved Alex Collins. The dude was amazing. I mean, it's, listen, his feet, his catches. He, I, You know how I feel about some of our other people in the backfield. I think Alex Collins is it should be our number two. We'll see what happens on cut down day. You know how I feel about Rashad Penny. I actually think Penny played okay. He was okay with the he chances he got. Yeah. Would I be mad if we traded Penny for picks to a team that could use a running back? Like the Ravens? No, I would not. Yeah, there you go. Trade him to the Ravens. Although I just drafted Gus Edwards, so please don't trade him to the Ravens. Yeah, I I had Alex Collins on my inside for for the footwork that you mentioned. Well, and, and it wasn't just on one particular play, but there was one particular play where he was running up the gut. He has a dude diving at his legs, and, and he could just 
he hops right over the guy like it was nothing. And uh, it, it was an impressive day from Alex Collins, for sure. Uh, who was the end? Shane Waldron was getting the end, right? For the <laughs> for how he was setting up using Eskridge. And yeah, that's that's going to go sh- Shane, the main brain. Uh, I agree. It's the combination of how they were used and what you can do when you have a guy like D. Eskridge, which we just didn't have that kind of speed. Last and I year, think we sure. are going to see more of that this year. And you saw some of that stuff with the Brian Schottenheimer offense. But I think the thing that we're going to see is more motion. More up tempo. If if the preseason is any clue, then uh, we're just we're going to see Waldron just you know take that volume knob and, and turn it up to twelve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like how you skip past eleven. That's very nice. And there's one more piece of the game that that I do want to see. That last year it was so crippling that we just didn't do this. And that was whenever there was a read option for Russ, he never kept the ball. And I know you're not going to do it in the preseason. Russ didn't touch the ball in the preseason, and I'm 1,000% great with that. I do want to see the return, not saying a lot of read option, but I want to see the return of the possibility that Russ Wilson keeps one or two of those a game. Keep him honest, get the misdirection going, and move the freaking change. He never kept the ball last year, so all the DN did was just freaking crash down on whoever it was, whether that was Carson or Collins. It didn't matter. They just or, or hide. They just crashed down on the guy because he never kept the ball. I'm hoping that we see that even like you know game one, we see Russ keep it once or twice just to loosen it up that much more. Yeah, it's usually him keeping it when he sees that he can get about. 15 yards and get out of bounds. And uh, I, I know people have been commenting on the fact that Russ has taken a few, you know, has lost a, a step in his running game. And it's true. You know, he's in his 30s now. He's been in the league for, you know, going on 10 years. And yeah, you, you tend to lose a, a step once you've been in the league that long. So he's he's got to take care of himself. And that's what he's making sure that he can do. But you're absolutely right. Keeping the defense honest, ultimately what he wants to do yeah, even if it's, you know, running five yards and taking a slide just to just to give the running back a little bit uh, extra space the next time I'd like to see. Yeah. It. Yeah. Five yards of carry six, seven yards and then not getting hit. Take it every single day of the week. And, you know, looking back at his stats, too, he did rush for over 500 yards last year, Russell. So that's that's pretty damn good. And with 17 games, I expect him to be in that kind of range, 500, 550, 600 again. Maybe even a bit more. Maybe, maybe a bit more. So got one more game. You, tell, you got one more game to add on the rushing it. yards. That's it. As you can tell, I'm getting getting pretty fired up. So we got one more, one more in, and then the Brandon. Why don't we get to it? Yeah. Daryl Taylor, Brandon. We're gonna go with the sixth one, and on a particular play. Listen, I like I like what we saw. Right, the we had the one and a half sacks. We finally saw the combination of the the get up and go off the line with the bend, the little gravitational lensing to get around the end there to get to the quarterback. All lovely. There was a different play. Again, so much stuff early. Drive one where in, in the linebacker position, he's off the line. He recognizes that it's a bootleg and it's it's like a naked boot. So he doesn't bite, he doesn't bite down on on a on a on a you know a handoff. It's a naked boot. He then like does this really athletic just you know, backtracking locates locates uh, you know some dudes that are that could cross behind him, recognizes that those guys are fully covered, very well covered by the Seahawks, and then turns on the Jets to go to go limit what the quarterback was getting, gets him out of bounds, like a one or two yard gain. Where in years past, I feel like 
dudes of, of lesser athleticism are lost on that play. And, and the quarterback's just coming around the edge for six, seven, eight yards. So I love what we're seeing from Taylor. I think he's really kind of ramping into the season. And it's not just the fact that he put the bend together and he got the sacks, but I saw something really special there too with recognition and speed when he was asked to go cover. So really loving what I saw there. So that last in before we get to the brand in for me is going to Daryl Taylor. What do you say? That particular play jumped out at me too, because I almost said, you know, because you're watching the quarterback roll out and you're thinking, okay, well, as soon as he turns his back, then that's when the quarterback's going to go. And I, I think that maybe that's what Daniel saw as he start, right. started to see his shoulders essentially parallel with the with the sidelines and and then he gets there and i don't know if it was if it was him trying to locate the guy behind him or just the recognition not to turn his back but like you said then his ability to to wheel around and then daniel's like oh shoot you know i gotta get out of bounds and he's he's trying to get out of bounds and taylor actually gets there and, yeah. and is able to hit him just as he's going out of bounds and uh yeah for for the speed for him to to essentially be jogging backwards and then turn around and get Daniel out to keep it to only a, a two yard gain. It, it was impressive. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a combine, you know, not to be gross about it, but like kind of a combine wet dream. It's like when people actually talk about, well, you got the loose hips and this was his three cone time. Like that was the actual play where it's like, oh, that's that stuff actually matters then. Like he was in space, pirouetting, doing these things with, again, sheer athleticism and the ability to go from like just mentally from where he was at and then back into chase mode with that kind of quickness, it's just a level of athleticism that is super, super exciting. So, you know, speaking of exciting, we just went six for six, the raging Yang route for the new shutouts on three and three out. And we still got, we still got one more. We still got my favorite one here because when we win, we not only start with it in, but we also get the brand in where I get to sit back and you volley it to me and I get to react. So what do you got this week? All right. Well, I, I'm going to go with Gino because you kind of even you you said you weren't going outs and you gave him like a mini out. And it was the only yeah. guy out of this whole group that you that you did that to. So I I'm, did, I'm a did. little bit upset about that and I, I want to make it right. So I'm going to go to five minutes into the first quarter. It's third and four. This is after they get the touchdown. This is their first real drive that they have. And so it's the first third down that they have. And you see the ball snapped. And there's like three offensive linemen that are flat footed. So I, I know oh, there's I know, a lot of people. Play. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people want to dump on the, the tackle uh, in this situation. But you can't do it because, yes, the guy comes unblocked off of the edge. But no, this was a Kyle Fuller problem because he snapped the ball early. That's the only way to explain three guys who are still in their stance. And Gino is able to still get rid of the football before he gets hit by the offensive lineman. He dumps it off to Gerald Everett. He turns what could have been a, a hugely negative play into at least uh, not negative at all. And they do have to punt, but yes, it's not like he's getting sacked and stripped and fumbled like we saw from Magoo last week. He dumps yeah. it off, they punt, and they're able to preserve the shutout ultimately. My favorite part of that, besides, you know, giving Gino some love, is the not negative negative at all, which, you know, others might say positive, right? So, but I I love the the not the not negatives, the double negatives there. And it was, hey, listen, we hope that we only see Gino uh, Smith on coin tosses. That's yeah. when we want to see Gino on the field because he's, he's a master at uh, 
calling whichever one he feels. Um, and with that, it is just, you know, it's a nice thing to know that, hey, you know, I'm, good, I'm not even going to say the words, but the dude, the dude can play a bit. The dude can play a bit. Uh, and, and he showed that, right? Is he going to be a certainly less accurate downfield, 25, 30 yards downfield? Yeah, we saw Penny Hart get missed a couple times too. That's okay. What I, what I take away from that is like, okay, Penny Hart has beat this guy repeatedly. If that's Russ, that ball is in his freaking basket for six. So it's not on Penny and it's not Geno's strength. So that's all right. So I like that brand in because again, you, you know what we're all about on three and three out. It is the nooks. It is the crannies. I right, let us roll right into the MVC, the most valuable cranny. I'm going to say it right away. This is going to my guy, Miles Adams, because it is the nookiest. It is the cranniest. Ooh. He's number 67. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, <laughs> we need some crush, you know, little, little summer crush music going, right? So <laughs> I got the, I'm blushing like Alicia Silverstone over here, but I'm feeling good about it. I hope that by the time this pod goes live, that this dude's a member of our team or get, can make it to the practice squad. We'll see what happens. But the MVC, if nothing else happens, he'll get the ship to him and he'll have it in his locker, wherever that might be. But Miles Adams gets the most valuable cranny for just being a dude back there where I think we're a little, little bit weak right in that defensive tackle position. And I think he could add something that we don't quite have yet. That is, of course, if we don't get Geno Atkins. We have arrived safely, landing with a lot of aggression, but in a good way on our favorite, our most fun part of the week. We call it From the Flock. This is where you, the good people of Earth, the Seahawk fans out there, fanatics, get to tell us what you thought were the ins and outs of the game. Brandon, I got a, 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 a nagging suspicion that most people still don't know how they could participate if they want to be part of the show. Can you lay it out for them? Yeah, if you want to be part of it, you can go to getintheflock.com. That is our Patreon page, and that's for the Seahawkers podcast. That's for this show. If you want to help support it, if you want to be a part of our Discord group, it's just a, a $3 donation a month that gets you the information that you need to get into the Discord. And yeah, you can. there's a three-in, three-out channel. You can leave your ins. You can leave your outs. Of course, you don't have to be a part of the channel either. You can just tweet at Clinton Bonner. And that is at Clinton Bond on Twitter. Use the hashtag 3I3O. You can follow me at Seahawkers Pod. So there are ways to get in touch with us. But yes, if you want to be part of the game day chat, get in the flock.com. Yeah. So why don't we start right there with a an out, actually, but a beautiful one and, and a tongue-in-cheek one from Hong Kong Hawk from Bloomy. He gives me, he gives me the out, the audacity. He says, out for sitting out the preseason on Discord game day channel. Who do you think you are, Bobby Wagner? So I love it. I love getting called out from Hong Kong Hawk. And yes, I was not available for any of the three preseason games to kind of to do the banter game day, which Brandon, you were just talking about. So for the folks that are not involved, pony up a few bucks, get into the Seahawkers podcast discord. It's worth it. You get to hang out with buddies and then you get to go on trips and go meet them in Houston on 1212 and hug it out and have some beers. It's well worth it. Hong Kong Hawk. First beers on me for missing this preseason. Josh DeHuman comes in with a set of four in. See, th this this needs to take off. The Seahawks need to get shutouts more often so we yes. can go six for six and then really, which is seven for seven, all ins. Josh DeHuman gives four ins. Alex Collin for showing growth with field vision. Geno Smith for being accurate and showing good pocket awareness. Cody Barton with some quality tackles. I don't know if we talked a ton of Cody Barton, except we for didn't. the play where they scored the touchdown. 
And I think Wyman was pointing this out on the television broadcast, too, that Cody Barton looks like a much better linebacker playing off the line of scrimmage. So whether that's weak side linebacker, middle linebacker, of course, those spots are taken up. But uh, yeah, Cody Barton showing us that if he needs to come in for a spell, he, he can play some linebacker. Yeah, you know what's nice in the NFL in the 17-game season? It's a little bit of depth. We got some Johnny depth this year at the linebacker spot, and I agree. I, I am with DeHuman on that one, that that Cody Cody stepped in and stepped out this the entire preseason. He just looked the part. I think you're up now. We got Frost in the Discord with an in. Every phase of this game was better than the first two games. Now bring on the regular season. I'll just pair that real quick because Flocktimus Prime, Keith Ketover, had a similar, you know, similar semantics there saying, showing some some life as we inch toward the regular season. So to both Frost and Flocktimus, agree, much better showing and much more energy out out at the field there at Lumen. And yes, I think this team is now ready for the regular season. This is like the Pete Carroll preseason, where can you win the preseason in the first quarter? No, and they're not even really quarters now because there's only three games, so you just have to do it in the last game. And yes, the team showed up for the final preseason game before we get the season started. Sure did. And in from John Ryan's face, love that name in the Discord, Aaron Fuller's hustle on the punt. Yes, the, the down to the one-yard line. We called him out earlier. John Ryan's face saw that as well. So there's a dude, again, this is this is cut-down day. I am hopeful. I think, you know, once you get past the the, the obvious four, the obvious five, right, because you got, you got Freddie Swain as, you know, we're talking Swain and Hart as four or five. Um, if they're keeping a sixth, I would want it to be Aaron Fuller. Do you have a a particular uh, you know pony in that race? You're not even going with your your guy Trav Daddy Trav Toyvonen. Listen, I, I like to boy him, but I also love the FCF. So I, do I mind seeing him back in the FCF for for season 2.0? No, I do not. Uh, and to answer your question, no, I'm going with Fuller. I think yeah, I I think I would give the edge to Fuller if they go six as well and. A lot of that, too, is because I, I feel like I saw him on special teams a whole lot more. Yeah, he shouldn't be a punt returner, though. Wasn't great there, and that's okay. But but on that on that play at the one-yard line, he sh- what, a, what a way for a young guy to finish his preseason, right? Put a freaking stamp on that and say, hey, Carol, Pete, Coach, Coach Petey, listen, dude, you know, you, you, you might want to you might want to keep me here because th- those are the things that I can do. So I'm hopeful Fuller Fuller makes this squad. Design Pete's Beach House, which is Amy in the Discord. She's giving some love to Collins in. Collins making a solid statement and holding up with a heavy load. And real quickly for me, Brandon, when it came to like the third quarter and like into the fourth quarter, I'm sitting there going, get Collins out of here. Like this, this is this is Johnson time. And he kept, they kept going back to Collins and dude kept making plays. Yeah, Alex Collins should not have been out there as late as he was. I, I felt like he had proven himself. I wanted to see more Rashad Penny. Like, get that guy back out there and and make him compete his butt off for that last spot because I really don't know. You talk about this being cut down day and this is going to come out after the cuts have been made because I, I actually did. To give an in to Penny, I saw him with at least one really nice blitz pickup in this game. So I think that between DJ Dallas and Rashad Penny that they could handle that role that we saw from Travis Homer in the past. Now, Homer has, has always been solid on special teams and that kind of thing, but that's going to be they're going to have to get rid of one of those guys whether it's Homer or Penny or Collins 
uh, or Dallas, yeah. but I really think that you got to keep Collins. You got to keep Dallas where they go from there. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not rooting for a dude to get cut. I, I would hope that they have the, the gumption to maybe part ways with Homer at this point, uh, because he's, yes, he's a good third down blocking guy. Cool. Did we see enough from the other guys that they, they could also do that? And in an offense, that's going to be hopefully a lot quicker paced, a lot more up-tempo, a lot less time holding onto the ball. Maybe that specific skill set is just devalued a little bit this time around. And we're not burning one of 53 and a guy that's just going to come in on third downs and block. I mean, that that's my hope. And again, right. I'm not going to rail on Penny. I think Penny was fine this game and a couple of, couple of instances, pretty good. But Collins kind of looked better. So it's going to be a super interesting, interesting, you know, battle down to see who does make it. Um, I my, The best thing I think they could do is trade one of these pieces, Penny, for a draft pick <laughs> and then and then clear that out and and let the room be the room and, and start to compile a few more picks for next year. Because, again, there's lots of talent coming in every single year now from college. Yeah. If the Rams are so desperate uh, that, that they can give up what essentially is going to be a fourth round compensatory pick for getting Sony Michelle. I think that Rashad Penny probably you're asking for a similar level of compensation. Now, maybe no other team as desperate as the Rams were, but uh, yeah, I think that that's the type of deal that you could be looking at. I think you can get a fifth potentially, and most likely a sixth for Penny. And I'm okay with that because guess what? The Seahawks just turned a six round pick into a potentially starting cornerback with Sidney Jones as of last night. Like, we've seen this before. So when people are like, well, I wouldn't do it for this value. It's like, well, why don't we rewind the clock and remind ourselves, what do we get Quandre Diggs for? A fifth. What do we get Justin Coleman for? I think a seventh. What do we just get Sidney Jones for? A sixth. So don't poo-poo the idea of picking up a sixth because Schneider is a wizard. Well, speaking of the running backs, uh, how about one of our running backs that got a penalty? Flocktimus Prime comes in with the out saying out, not being able to block a guy that is staring right at you because you will hurt their feelings. This was the most egregious and ridiculous penalty I've seen. In the, I know it's the freaking preseason and I know the crackback rule. I understand all that. However, when a linebacker turns to you, runs at you for a good four to five yards, staring at you, and all you do as a running back is just kind of get in his way and put a little shoulder into him. By the way, an effective block that should not draw the penalty because he didn't crack back the guy and they still get the flag. It infuriated me. It was like, this is the dumbest penalty. So great job by Flockton. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a dumb penalty, but a dumb rule. Oh, no, no, I no. think the, no, no, the dumb, officials dumb called call. it according to the rule. No, I don't think so because the dude was, was engaged back the other way. You, you me, can't the, the, as a, as a blocker, you can't come back from the goal line. You can't essentially you can't have your back to your goal line that you're running toward and block somebody. That's, okay, so that's he's, the he's, new rule. So, so he's just supposed to stand there like a tree and get bowled over. I, that, I don't that's, know. That's I, it, right? Or or if you're supposed to have turn your back to the defender and have your arms out like, you know, yeah, basketball yeah, right, player yeah, boxing yeah, out. I do one I, of these. I don't yeah. understand it either what necessarily you're supposed to be able to do because it's it's a valid time to block because yeah. that guy is in, that linebacker was in pursuit of the ball carrier. So, yeah, it, Penny made the right decision, to, I think, to, to get in the way there. What are you supposed to do? Not use as much shoulder for force as he did, right. because that's I don't know. It's 
It's weird because that looks like football to me and throwing a flag on something that looks like what should be football. Yeah, it wasn't Golden Tate with, you know, leaving his feet. I I think somebody posted the gift from Austin Powers of the guy standing in front of the the steamroller. You know, no, (laughs) exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yes, that's a that's a perfect uh, synopsis. Uh, pop culture way and, and it's just okay if that's the rule it, it's just it is that's fine that's but it's a really stupid rule and needs to needs to be re-examined in the offseason because it's just dumb like you said it looks like football so probably should be allowed allow that football we will land it where we began it we will run this all the way through we got an in from tim moon hit me up on facebook messenger once again i don't care how you find me you find me you find me i'm gonna i'm gonna put it in the darn show and and Tim gave me a whole a whole litany of all three ins and outs very nicely. And he does give it in. He says, watching Belor cover tight ends and running backs is fun. Basically saying that kind of thinks he's maybe a better defender than he is at a fullback, his value being really, really there as as that linebacker. I mean, Belor was just, hey, BBK goes out. Belor is really, really good. And, and I have to chalk it up to I didn't realize the beginning of his career that he actually played a lot of linebacker. I didn't know that. Well, you know what? It it doesn't, that that part of it doesn't matter. The dude can tackle because he's been tackling on special teams for these last few, three years too. It's just that, yes, the, the instinctiveness that comes from playing linebacker, it's still there, even though it's not a spot that he's been playing a whole lot of snaps at. But the nice part is too, it's like, if that, if it's a situation where somebody gets dinged or whatever, you know, someone's got to take a breather and Belar's out there for a little bit of, of, of game time this year. I don't have, I don't know about you, Brandon. I'm not like, oh man, like we're about to get torched because Belor's playing linebacker. I'm like, nope, we got a guy who knows how to replays, makes tackles, probably won't get burnt over the middle and could just at least, at least hold the fort until let's say Brooks has to come back after a blow or Martin's back in or Bobby's back in. That's fine. That's valuable. Absolutely. And he showed us that whether he's a blitzing linebacker, whether he's needed in coverage, he was covering nicely down the line, you know, right on the, the the running back who was scooting out downfield. So, yeah, we we saw him in multiple situations. Now, was it against twos and threes? Sure. But at least you saw enough from him to go, OK, for backup linebacker depth, for fullback depth. And, and when it's just feeling like he's just there to play fullback and a little bit of special teams, you wonder about the roster spot. But, yeah, if you can if he can be a three tool guy, hey, Nick Belor is the, the man. Yeah, he could even drop the fa- the fullback part. Fine by me. <laughs> totally, totally fine by me. Yeah, we know. He's a pretty, pretty darn good linebacker, and he's obviously good on special teams. Nick Ballor, preseason MVP. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Yeah, reverse the whole thing. All six. We love it. Run it. Run it.